You're listening to the Heroes Power Hour, presented by BlizzPro.com. Your hosts, Balrog Fan, Zexorus, and DJ Tyrant. everyone to the heroes power hour we are a heroes of the storm podcast brought to you by blizzpro.com today is september 12th 2017 we are on episode 117 thank you so much for joining us to talk about heroes of the storm i'm your host dj tyrant with me is the crew we are going to go around see how everyone's week in gaming has been first we are going to start off with zexorus how have you been, my friend? How has Heroes been treating you? Uh, Heroes has been treating me all, all right. But hey, guys, guess what? What? What kind of hair extensions do they sell at IHOP? What kind? Extensions. <laughs> I'll tell you fan, the same thing as I told JR. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go that ahead. wasn't even good. I mean, none of them are yeah, good. All right. I, I mean, that's the same quality as all the others, Carl. Let's no, not match them on because, a joke-by-joke basis. Because They're he said, all like, what kind of extensions? And then just said yeah, extensions. I, yeah, like, there's I, I a... So here's another one. What uh, time does it... What you did? What, what time does a sandwich cook? What time? what time? When it's bacon, lettuce, and tomato. Can, no. can someone in chat no. explain that for us? Anyways, we're moving on to Balrog Fan. How was your weekend in Heroes? <laughs> it was pretty good. Uh, really enjoying the game. Just uh, trying to kind of up my Stukov game has been my focus lately. Uh, the periodic ticks can be tough to manage sometimes and figuring out when to spread them and who gets the initial heal first. Because of the way it decays off, you know, you have to figure in the, who needs the bio trigger the most. So usually you want that to be your second target. So a lot of the times I'll make myself the target just to spread the heals properly in the way I want. But it also makes me wish that Universal Carrier wasn't on the same uh, tier talent as Pax Puxley. Because I feel like mm -hmm. I, I would use out of a Universal Carrier in the way that I like to heal with him. So it's just a learning process. Just... Just learning Stukov things. Yeah, most yeah. definitely. He's really good right now, I feel like. And oh, he's so... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to move on to PFMG, but if you want to talk a little bit about how awesome Stukov is, we can. No, I was just going to say, he's so yeah. with that silent. That's all. Yeah. Anyways, PFMG, how has your week been in games? Uh, it's been good. Um, I have avoided Hero League... For the last week of the season and the first week of the season, <laughs> uh, which are usually terrible times to play it. Um, so I'm going to jump in this next week and try and do my placements. I don't know if I'll finish all 10. Um, grad school kind of picked up, and uh, I'm going home this weekend to see family. So, but I'll get a couple of Hero League games in. Should be yeah, good. Yeah, I haven't touched Hero League either, but uh, yeah, we've been uh, we just played our pre-show games, and those were a lot of fun and. Um, I haven't I haven't played the new Janie yet, but uh, she she seems pretty good. I like the way 
Um, she plays now. Q build still works, and um, I feel like not too much has changed on her base kit. Um, just kind of improved or made um, improvements to her base kit. Basically, is what what uh, kind of came out of that rework. I know you were probably struggling with the same thing I did off the rework is the the weight that they put on hitting her skill shots now. Mm-hmm. Um, you used to be able to miss some, and it wasn't a big deal because you were just going to reset and try to trap again. But now you kind of have to consistently hit them to build that ice block quest, which that's that's going to be the major adjustment for players like you and me who, who generally played her just primarily as a trapper. Yeah, most definitely. Um, nothing programming-wise to note. Uh, we're just kind of trucking along here on the Heroes Power, but uh, no, no news really from uh, the world of Heroes of the Storm, but we do have a really interesting, I think, uh, solo queue tier list from McIntyre to discuss. So we're going to talk a little bit about this. This is up on our friends over at Heroes Hearth, uh, and uh, McIntyre put out this really interesting list that I think uh, we can spend a lot of time discussing. Is uh, broken down by different tiers, but tier one, uh, I think the expected suspects there for solo queue, Garrosh, ETC, Rhaegar, Kel'Thuzad, Greymane, and Tassadar with the note that these are the strongest heroes to choose early and late, never bad. What are your guys' thoughts on this? This is probably more akin to Masters GM level play, but yeah. Yeah, so I wanted to make a point about that. Um, we were talking in our group chat this week about Kel'Thuzad, and Elena mentioned how every time she has a Kel'Thuz on her team, she loses horribly, and it's terrible. And he's just, she's like, man, he's so bad. I want to ban him away from my teammates. And I've been talking also with Bacon, um, a friend of the show who's on the uh, Gankbush squad. And he's a, a Masters player. And he's like, Kel'Thuz is OP. He's crazy. And McIntyre agrees. And he's a very high skill cap hero. Um, and like extremely reliant on hitting your combos because if you don't complete his quest, he's bad. And if you don't actually land your combo and, and like one shot somebody, he's bad. But you can one shot somebody. So, in the hands of these masters tier players, Keltazad is insane. I'd also like to throw out there that in tier one, the qualifier for being a tier one hero is strongest heroes to choose early and late, never bad. That's an important distinction from tier two, where he says wins fights for teams don't need a real team. Both tiers contain good heroes. It's just how he qualifies separating tier one from tier two is how pickable and what phase they are and how strong they are. Mm -hmm. We're getting a lot of bad guys from somebody suddenly. Yeah, you're going to want to do... um... Willie, what was Willie? Yeah, you're going to want to prioritize these heroes definitely in your your meta for Hero League. Um, I mean, can you I don't think know of if anybody? You can ban Ra- I, I don't know how easy it would be to ban Rhaegar over the other heroes early. Um. I guess I guess the point of Rhaegar is his mobility, right? Mm-hmm. And at the highest levels, that's very important. He is probably the easiest to keep up with rotations and create situations for his team that, you know, can can you know get somebody picked off and whatnot. I I, I guess that feels right when you're when you're saying you know Grandmaster and pick that hero anywhere. Certain certain supports. I don't think Stukov and, and Uther are those supports, but other supports can kind of tip your team comp a bit. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, Kel'Thuzad, yeah, like like Carl was saying, just 
can be a monster at those high skill cap ranking ratings. And I, I almost feel like he kind of fills a similar role to um, Medivh when he f was first released, where it was like, oh, he's a really cool hero. He's just super high skill cap. So he's going to be really good at higher ranks, but in the lower ranks, just not going to be nearly as effective. Yeah, I mean, not quite, because I think Medivh scales yeah, better with coordination stretch, than skill. <laughs> yeah. Right, like it, Medivh is better if you're in a in a in a fives team than and then solo, regardless of your your rank. Um, and Kel'Thuzad is about the same between a fives and a solo, but scales really hard with your rank. But definitely not everybody can. Not every time you're gonna want to play him. Hey, so right. it sounds like you got your audio. So I don't know if I agree with Garrosh and ETC being tier one over. Uh, Arthas and Anubarak. Like the Dahaka, I'll, I'll give him that. Like, but Garrosh, I feels, I feel like he falls off pretty hard late game. Um, etc. I mean, yeah, you can make an argument to me about it, and I probably will go, yeah, you're right. But I feel like Arthas and Anubarak just bring really more to the table than what etc does overall. Um, I don't think you're wrong, and honestly, I think the way these tier lists are worded, because I missed the qualifier for this tier one thing, because I had a lot of disagreements about it at first, but ETC and Garrosh basically go on any team, and Arthas and Anubrak kind of tip that you're going to be trying to gank or dive, so taking them first isn't as viable sometimes, I would imagine, at those high levels. Yeah, Arthas yeah. is a really good counter-initiation yeah. tank, Anubrak's really good heavy dive tank. And my um, concern with uh, Garrosh being tier one is just that I, I feel like as a solo tank, he really struggles. But yeah, know, maybe maybe that's okay in Hero League. Yeah, he's he's definitely not the strongest solo link. You know, he's probably the worst solo link tank. Like he's got tons of sustainability, but you're you're not gonna push out the lane. Oh yeah, no. The, 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 way, form, the way Arthas would, the way Dahaka would. I mean, even Anubarak's better at pushing out a lane than Garrosh is, because his Q just doesn't do enough damage to a wave to be meaningful. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that those are like, I mean, Rhaegar, yeah, incredibly strong right now. His ability to solo camps is just unparalleled for a support. Um, Tassadar is probably the best fake support in the game. The, yeah. fo the faux support. Um, yeah. I really think they need to change Garrosh's Q hitbox. Why? What's wrong? That's with the pullback, right? Yeah. Yeah. So when I first saw the skill, I thought that's really cool. It's going to be this really high skill expression skill. And I honestly think it's harder to miss than it is to hit. <laughs> no, it's pretty hard to hit. You've, you've got to pay attention because, like, Okay, tonight when we were playing our games, you saw me dodge at one pole because I ran towards him and then ran away, right? Yeah, I mean, um, you, you can play around it, but I just... Yeah, no, it, it's, it's a lot more difficult to hit than it, than it looks. Like, to at least to hit it consistently. Like, you've got you, you've to aim where, they're go where you think they're going. You've got to read your opponent. Like, Garrosh is read-heavy in order to effectively utilize that cue and his throw. So, um, I, I honestly think the hitbox on that is fine. It, it may get adjusted. 
but like at for me, I, I, I think I think that hitbox is is more than fair. Um, I would say looking I, at this tier list too, just just to jump in for a second, that I would say the distinction between tier one and tier two is very thin. Like most of those heroes in tier two mm-hmm. are are very close to breaking into tier one. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, I, when yeah. we talk about the heroes in tier two, we'll kind of discuss yeah. more what those heroes or what heroes should be maybe in tier one. And uh, yeah, to transition to that, tier two heroes that McIntyre has listed: Arthas, Dahaka, Sonia, Nubrak, Vala, Li Ming, Jaina, Malthale, Zul, Stukov, Uther, Tarand. In Genji, number one player killer. Um, well, what, what, the uh, the distinction for this is, uh, as Charlie pointed out, wins fights for team and doesn't need a real team. So you can pick these kind of any phase of the draft, and I think still slot in okay, cons- considering the the role distribution. If there's not already two sports or two warriors or, or whatever, um, Stukov, I almost would place higher in in just the games I've played, but also I'm lower in Mar, so maybe it's a result of that. I don't know. What do you think, no. Charlie? Because you, you played a ton of Stukov more than me, I think. Um, Stukov doesn't work against comps that are going to burst you down. He just can't get the healing out, so um, that's always going to be his problem. He, he's... If you pick him too early and the team decides to respond with a ton of bursts, you need to back him up with another support. So I'd say tier two is fine for him. I'd say someone not in tier two that I, I feel like might should be. And then Carl can kind of, cause he plays her, but Lunara feels really, really good right these days. And I'm surprised she's not in there with, with the likes of Lee Ming and Bala. She does feel really good. Um, I think part of it, is that she's kind of a niche pick. Um, like, there aren't a whole lot of Lunara players out there. And the ones that play her play her very well. But that shouldn't affect tier ratings for solo picking. It does. Because if you've got, you know, if you've got a, a 10% pick rate, you know, that means everybody, people who don't play Li Ming are picking her. Right? Mm. And if, if, if she's still performing in the hands of somebody like that, and that means she's a really good hero. She's a tier two hero. I don't know if Lunara had a ten percent pick rate that she'd still be. She'd have the win rate she has. Um, you know, because if you're only being played by people who are specialized in that character, your your win rate and like how good you appear is going to be inflated. Zex, I mean, is there anyone in this tier two that you disagree with, or you think should maybe find their way in? I mean, no, that. I actually, I there's this is a pretty solid tier two. Like I like I said, I had my arguments for the three tanks maybe being tier one, but I mean for the most part, like he's got this pretty right. Like these these people will just win fights for your team. They're they're the solid, you know, control mm-hmm. damage support that you need to help your team win those fights. Tehran surprises me, but then again, like... She can kind of hyper-carry, though. I've seen some really, really good Tehran play recently. Yeah, and 
and that's that's why I'm not really like gonna argue against it. It's just surprising to me. And hey, cat. <laughs> and yeah, no, this is Zul also surprises me. Zul does kind of surprise me, but I think he's pretty effective when he does get picked. I I could argue the same thing about Zul as I do for Lunara. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Zul and Lunara are both battleground dependent though. Like pretty heavy. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you definitely want Zul on a smaller map where he can open up the dual soak lane option for your team. Mm-hmm. While while you the you four the four of you push another lane because that draws that four in one lane just draws all the focus and they have to, you know, do something about the four because it's just Zool in one lane. You yeah. know, it, you know, it's soaking two lanes. You I know, think, I think what's interesting about this tier list is that uh, the three heroes I kind of play in in each of the tank support in the image role are all in here. Vala, Sukhoff, and Anubarak when I'm playing uh, Hero League. That seems to be kind of who I gravitate towards as, as far as those heroes. And obviously I'm much lower MMR than McIntyre, but I find it interesting these are, how that matches up. These are really good heroes regardless. I think nobody's going to complain if you pick a tier 2 hero. Yeah, these are the heroes where if somebody says, I only play, you know, Vala and they lock him in first pick, you go, oh well. <laughs> and now, you know, if they start off and they say i only play gaslow and lock him in first pick then that's a whole different conversation but tier two yeah generally most of those heroes are pretty widely accepted and uh mm-hmm. it's for good reason they're all pretty good heroes yeah I, f- I feel like you could argue genji maybe a tier one as well but I mean, he's I mean, I he's know. again yeah he's a these are all heroes that at least tip some sort of strategy i notice mm-hmm. like the all the heroes in tier one you just know they're good heroes and they go with anything and they don't tell you what the team is doing other than picking really good heroes that aren't banned yet. yeah exactly any final thoughts on tier two before we kind of move on i mean just one thing to that yeah. Greymane comp- I mean, if you open with a Greymane pick, you you don't know for sure what they're doing. Greymane complements almost any team out there. Sure, yeah, they could I mean... be focusing Greymane, but Greymane could also just be, well, we ban Garrosh, they banned Rhaegar, and, or yeah, they banned like Kel'Thuzad, let's support, take our damage. What support does he go with? He works well with Rhaegar, Tassar, Uther, uh, Abathur he works really well with. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, definitely one range. of those heroes that's super flexible as far as what he works well with. I am surprised to see Varian fall all the way to the... Uh, oh, he's not even in Tier 3. I thought he was in Tier 3. Holy no, crap. Okay. No. Well, tier, uh, three, tier 3, though. Uh, Lunar, Murden, Leoric, Tyrael, Johanna, Gul'dian, Diablo, Falstad, Alarak, Thrall, Sylvanas, Nazebo, Cassia, Illidan, Kerazim, and Lucio with the note that these help teams toward victory and are strong picks. Yeah, I feel like that seems pretty fair for the description with the heroes you just named off. Uh, I I don't know that Illidan should be there anymore, but I don't know. I just feel like Illidan's fallen out of favor. I don't see him nearly as much as I used to, especially now that people are... still good in the right comp. Okay. Um, but helps teams yeah, towards victory strong picks. We're, we're reaching the uh, close to the tier of, of depends on the comp, I feel like. 
Well, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Look at the previous tiers. Okay, Okay. so let's let's look at Illidan. Let's see what complements Illidan in the two tiers above him. You got Uther. Even Tehran helps out. Zul compliments him. Vala definitely compliments him by being able to, you know, spread damage out over people. Arthas compliments him. Dahaka compliments him. Uh, Anubarak compliments him. Tassadar definitely compliments him. ETC is amazing with Illidan. Um, Rhaegar is also really, you know, all these all these various picks. Kel'Thuzad was going to be amazing with Illidan. Um, all these picks complement Ill- Illidan which uh, in turn helps the team towards victory. So I think I see what I think I see what uh, McIntyre's doing here because um, none of these characters can carry a game on their own. But if you like if you mold them with the previous you know tier two and tier one heroes, they become strong in their own right. In that context, yeah, that makes sense to me for Elodin. I mean, we already said Lunara's map dependent. The Auric Interior don't go in every comp. Illida doesn't go in every comp. Karazim doesn't go in every comp. Um, I think there's a difference between, like, Tier 4 is, like, you have to build a specific comp around them, and at that point, they're like any other hero. Right. But I think the Tier 3 niche ones are, like, you build a comp around them, and they're actually really good. Yeah. Um, and you'll notice a lot of these characters end up getting taken as counter picks. Like, you pick Leoric when you're going up against Double Tank. You pick Diablo on specific maps because he's really good on small maps that have lots of enclosed spaces. Gul'dan, you take on Braxis almost automatically. Falstead is great on big maps. You know, there's there's a case for, you know, all these all these different heroes on different maps. But you can't just pick them every map like you could with Tier 2 and Tier 1 heroes. So, that's my that's that's pretty much my final thought on, on, on the Tier 3. Like, none of these are bad heroes. It's just they're very, speci- they're very specific in how they need to be picked. Except for Murden. I don't understand. Like, Murden just needs, kind of needs to, some buffs. Like, he, he's not a bad tank. He just doesn't do enough. I mean, the same with Lucio, and probably Sylvanas. I feel like, the like same there's nothing wrong with their kids. I don't think Sylvanas needs any buffs. I just no, please no. Yeah, I don't think Sylvanas <laughs> needs any buffs. She's just very map specific, you know, and and comp specific as well. Like, she's probably the best tier three. Not that's not Lunara on this list because she's. Of, what of everything she can she can potentially help your team with she's seen a slow gradual decrease in power though as more heroes have been released for sure yeah her damage numbers are are, they're okay (laughs) they're not fantastic (laughs) keep going all right so uh yeah i mean I don't have any problems with anybody on this list. Uh, like I said, I, I, w- I was questioning Illidan a little bit, but um, I guess I guess that makes sense, especially considering who follows, you know, this. So I, I think it's safe to move on to Tier 4, unless, Carl, or you have anything you want to add? No, not, 
not really too much, but uh, yeah, Illidan, um, probably the most questionable on that. I don't know, or most controversial. I don't know if it's really controversial. <laughs> it's just it, it, the most you could argue about uh, someone not belonging on that list. Tier four, we have a ton though. Um, do you want to make a comment on that? Sorry, you sound like you wanted to make a comment. Oh, me? No. Okay. Back. Okay. Tier four. Uh, we have a lot to get through. Stitches, Varian, Diva, Chen. Don't say anything, Willie. Tychus, Chromie, Kalethos, Artianus, Kerrigan, Zeratul, Ragnaros, Zagara, Brightwing, Hammer, Abathur, Medivh, Malfurion, Lili, Tracer, and Asmodan. With the note that there's our one tricks, niche, and strong if played right, but not always good. Um, and I definitely agree with that with the Tracer here. Because she needs shields to really be successful. And I feel like you could kind of say that about Illidan, but he does. He's okay with, with Rhaegar, while Tracer, I don't think it fits well with Rhaegar. Or does as well with Rhaegar. I actually just. I, I straight up don't agree with Stitch as being tier four right here. Um. I think Stitches provides too much value on every map in order to be considered tier four. Yes, he does slightly lack in damage, but the control he he brings late game with uh, and with his slam build and and coupling that with bile it is an awful awful lot of help and the ability to gain pickoffs late game if you forego the slam build and go um, fishing, <laughs> excuse me, fishing hook instead, which is uh, honestly a personal favorite of mine. I love fishing hook because it's so late in the game, your opponents don't really have enough time to adjust to that, ex that extra range. Um, yeah, Diva needs tuned up a bit. Chen just—they're not gonna do anything with Chen. I've just—I've given up hope at this point. Like they're just—they don't know what to do with Chen. Just delete them. They're not um, gonna delete heroes. They should. I mean, is there anybody here that you don't think should be here besides Stitches or anyone who should be higher up from Tier Five? I feel like Chromie maybe because I feel like no. she can carry pretty pretty hard if on a really good player. Right, but she suffers on big maps though. Like she really suffers on big maps. Mm. Like unless you get that, that sandblast quest completed. But you almost have to like it takes so long you either have to be ungodly accurate with every single sandblast you throw and you have to throw them so constantly you you know you've got in order to finish that sandblast quest and then you've got a talent into that uh the teleport talent at 13 you know you've either got to forego time walkers pursuit at one and take the one where you get um a third stack just so you can finish that quest quicker which foregoes one of the best talents in the game honestly it's a vision with a like 20 second cooldown 
Like yeah, that's that's, qu that's that's quicker than an untalented oracle, and you can drop it anywhere on the map. So that's that's really my my beef with with Chromie. But like on small maps, she's godlike. You know, maps where you know people. Oh my god, cat! <laughs> you are just hungering for attention tonight. Um. Yeah, small maps, she's godlike. She can consistently get massive value off Dragons of Breath and accumulate Sandblast stacks very effectively. Like, I guess the only other one I really kind of disagree with, but again, I'm, I'm not going to argue, is Medivh. I really think he should be Tier 3 because the value that his shield... And being able and the portals and everything like that really Medivh provides is the a definition list. of the tier four description, where it says one tricks niche strong if played right, not always good. If you have a good Medivh and a coordinated team, he's probably a tier one or a tier two hero. Probably a tier two hero. I'd say yeah, I'd say I'd say it's tier two hero. There's there's um, ways you can shut him down, but it's really really hard. But if you're in like. Uh, like this hero league, he's debatably a tier five hero. <sighs> so, I, I would wager with that. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah, so I think he says niche, strong and played right now is good. Yeah, that's that's Medivh. That's exactly who Medivh is. I I I just don't know what niche hammer fills. Protect the hammer. I mean. That's such a bad idea, though. <laughs> like, no, I love Protect the Hammer when it Work works. For she's... You can, you can, you can employ strategies with her on, uh, on uh... Curse Nala. Curse, uh, no, Warhead, Immortal. Yeah, you're right. Battlefield. Battlefield. Thank you. Battlefield of Eternity. That's where she's at her strongest usually because it's a small two lane map where a lot of fighting takes place in one centralized location where if she's able to, you know, sit in a spot for a little while and not get touched, it's going to be a problem and they're going to have to, the, the, you can be the ultimate defense for your immortal basically. Yeah. With your hammer on that map. And like, if they don't have a super hard engage comp hammer, the God, um, yeah. But it's it's tier four because hard engage comps are pretty meta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say for me personally, I just think there's two tier five heroes that probably belong in tier four simply because of the one trick thing. I'd say Lieutenant Morales and Medivac strategies are still viable in some things where you think you can get away with them, especially yeah, paired with some jank. You can definitely promote some um, silliness. I don't think it's great, but I don't think she should be one of the heroes listed down below. And uh, I also think Rainer is one of the few options as a ranged counter pick to dive. Um, I, I don't think he's a great hero, but I think when it comes to dealing with heroes like Genji and uh, Illidan at a ranged distance, he is one of the better heroes. Um, really, I mean, you're talking Greymane, Lunar, and Falstad are better than him. Yeah. Uh, for dealing with people diving on your line, not we're not just because obviously he has the displacement round thing. He can, 
you know, use that for stuns. His damage is very good on single target, which is what a dive usually entails. He kind of beats up Malthiel. Um, if he's not the, if Malthiel isn't focusing him first, he can put a lot of damage on Malthiel very quickly, uh, mm. especially once, you know, you talent in at 13 and stuff. So I just, I don't, I'm not trying to make a case that Rainer's a good hero. I just don't think he belongs <laughs> in, in the same five, yeah. dumpster that like, you know, some of those other heroes there. We get to tier yeah, five. Yeah, I'll yeah, tell you all about speak, Speaking yeah. about that dumpster, uh, tier five has Zul'jin, Ariel, Lieutenant Morale, Zarya, Chogol, Nova, Valera, Butcher, Samuro, Rainer, Rexar, Murky, Vikings, Probius, and Gazlo. Zarya is wrong. Uh, Zarya, yeah, Zarya yeah, is a tier three hero. Okay. At least. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Did she get a recent change or no. something that messed her up in the last no, week? Because no. I was very surprised at that too. She, she does she, she doesn't fit of, in the meta. Yeah. She doesn't fit in the meta right now. I feel like if Tassar gets banned out, though, which is kind of likely, that she's a, a decent substitute for that. I don't know. I don't know, but Tassar does too much. Well, that's why it's a tier one hero, and we're arguing for her to not be tier five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the, the well, same... she shouldn't. She shouldn't she be shouldn't... tier five, anyways. She shouldn't be. Well, that's what we're saying. That's, she what, that's be... our argument, is why. Yeah. <laughs> At least tier four. Definitely at least tier Definitely four. tier three. Definitely yeah. tier three. I I'm with uh with Carl on this. She should definitely be a tier three. She she has too much protection. You can't now. tell me Zarya belongs in the same tier as Gaslow. Right. I I'm honestly gonna I just noticed this too. Rexar's one trick pony. He's tier four because he's amazing on Brax's holdout and always will be. He's yeah. pretty good on Dragon Shire too, but he's amazing on a two lane map where you can put Misha on that thing, and she serves as not only a vision beacon for the beacon, she serves as somebody who can stall out a cap. It's it's insanely good there. I would mm -hmm. say she has to be listed as a one-trick hero. Yeah, the other the other one Misha, that, that really is. surprises me uh, is Ariel. Like, yeah, I understand yeah. that her in solo queue is not the strongest hero. Is like, yeah, if you're able to being a coordinated team in team league and you're for sure pairing her up with a Avala Gul'dan or something like that, that yeah, she comes a little bit stronger, but I feel like even in solo queue, she's a pretty strong support. And I mean, she's below Lily and Brightwing and I feel like their, their healing output just isn't nearly as good as Ariel's, but I guess it's, I think Ariel so and Lily generation don't fill the same role. Um, so you can't really compare them. Yeah, Lily's there to blind people. Like that's why you pick her. That's why she's. Lily is almost like a Taronda style support. Yeah, she's she's really gravitated that way. You you take her when you want to disrupt the enemy, engage with Water Dragon, or prevent people from fleeing. Yeah, the blinds. I mean, you you take her as a melee heavy. Like, screw yeah. you for picking so much melee. Exactly. She's a counter pick. She's never a solo support. She's there for the utility she brings. So, like I said, kind of in the Toronto zone, even though they do very different things. Guys, um, let's say something kind of controversial. I don't think Ariel's that good anymore. She's definitely nerfed. Yeah, you definitely feel the nerf on her, with especially with Rhaegar uh, definitely getting picked over most other supports, including Uther, 
Like you, I, uh, the casts we've been doing, we've been seeing Rhaegar definitely go above Ariel. Um, but I want to note, screw you, McIntyre. If Chilgal gets buffed, I'm pointing my finger at you. Because he's already, he's <laughs> already annoying. Buffs. He's already annoying enough to deal with. But if, like, if he gets another round of buffs, man, and I well, see all this is, whole this is bunch for, of this is for solo queue. That's the whole point. So Chogal is the he should not even be on this list. He should be in his own tier called the Chogal tier because you do not solo pick Chogal. Yeah. So you want to? Hi, Charlie. Have you ever played Hero League here recently? I'm um, saying, like you shouldn't. Though. That <laughs> that should be the definition of the absolute worst hero to solo because you don't know who the hell you're playing with. So I and, think if you're making a list of supports. Let's say I need a tier one support, some tier two supports, some tier three supports, tier four supports, some tier five supports. I could see Ariel being a tier five support. Yeah, that's my point. Like, but, I, I don't think she's that strong anymore. And the main reason why I'll say is just because hope regeneration got nerfed. And depending on other people for your mana was already a risky proposition as it was. And now that it's worse, it feels really really bad to heal with her when you don't have the absolute top tier damage like on your team yeah i can see that but i mean crystal egg is still pretty good <laughs> yeah still yeah egg. it is still pretty great ultimate i think the only other one i'm really surprised about on here is butcher i feel I'm like not. he could be in tier four just it, so again, this is made for masters. There's there's way too many ways to stuff butcher. Like we saw that game tonight with uh, with that last game with Bacon where I played butcher and like it did not go the way I wanted it to at all. You know, there's some games where you just have an absolutely amazing butcher game, but that's usually because your opponents are bad. And if your opponents are halfway competent well yeah you saw what um, happened i had stunned yes blinded yeah. like they would just chain everything on me and now blinded butcher is just dead meat yeah look butcher and gazo are like the anti-kelthazad what's that I said butcher and gazo are the anti-kelthazads where they're really good in bronze and they're really bad in masters <laughs> yeah God, you're right on that, too. Because bronze and silver gazlos are... <laughs> they carry games, man. They carry they, games. They do. I can't, I can't even argue with that. <laughs> no, you can't, because it's true. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that's McIntyre's tier list. I think it's really interesting. We got some good discussion about it, and I'm... Uh, interested to see how that changes and evolves as we uh, go forward in the meta. Uh, but we did have week eight of HGC, and we had some really uh, interesting results, would be the word, maybe. Um, EU tricked, beat Liquid 3-1. Expert beat uh, Plain Ducks 3-1. Fnatic 3-0 TGG. So Dig. that like that was an exciting result. I know. <laughs> Dig three one zealots, liquid three one plain ducks, and then Fnatic three zero expert. But if you watch that series, it was actually a very close three zero. 
Like they were Team Fire Two away from at least two of those games going their way, um, and that might be the series to actually watch. I think out of all the EU series, because it really I feel like showed the growth of Expert, and also just that Fnatic is far and above everyone else right now. Yeah. Every no. time you watch Expert, you feel like they're one step away from breaking through to like being on Fnatic's level. You like you can feel how close they are and like how much like when I watch them, I almost feel the pain of their losses because it like you I'm rooting for them so bad to take that next step at this point. And and they just look maddingly close. Like they, they keep making all the right plays and then they come up against Fnatic and Fnatic's just, you know, yeah. Fnatic. And it, it's getting to this point in the, the standings Sorry. where what? I had cut off Zach's earlier, oh. by the way. Just no, no, it's fine. It's getting to the point in the standings now where we're, what, two weeks away of league play, I think, or something like that? Mm -hmm. we're, we're a really limited amount of time. We get and... we get this week, and then we get a short week next week, because usually yeah. there's something like uh, a Friday and a Saturday mm -hmm. That's for right. final week. Yeah, but both Fnatic and Dig, uh, Fnatic's 11-1, Dig's 8-4. Expert is third place at 6-6. Six and six. It, it, it's going to be very hard for them to qualify for BlizzCon that way. I think they're going to have to qualify through the playoffs, most likely. Yeah. There's, um, I there's don't 14 the games in a season, right? So yes. they would have to win out, Dig would have to lose out, and then I don't know how the tiebreaker goes for them. Yes, I don't yeah. know either. And that was when you when you at, when we were talking about doing uh, an on the bubble discussion earlier that the tiebreakers were where I was like I I can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's just Sorry. say experts. I cut rode... Zex off so many times. Experts for the BlizzCon is difficult. Zex. No, hold on. I'm just looking something up real quick. Okay. Uh, keep keep going. I'll have an I'll have an answer for you here in a second. Yeah, and, so. and the thing is the the difference between the third spot with expert and liquid at number six is one game yeah six and six for team expert liquids at five and six tricked is at six and five and zealots is at five and six as well so these next two weeks are going to be absolutely critical for these teams and how they want to position themselves for the playoffs and for tricked and expert to try to somehow leapfrog dig but uh dig has really kind of I think collected themselves from the the missteps in the start of um, the post mid mid season not mid season but post at EU clash or what was Western it? clash Western clash there we go I don't know why I couldn't think of that but yeah Dig has kind of picked themselves up off off that where they kind of looked like they had missteps some um, and and Liquid is just falling off like to be honest good playing ducks. All right, so the tiebreaker, if I understand how it's going to work out, is it, it comes down to how the matches, the the overall matches at first. So uh, Fnatic, or uh, I'm sorry, Dig and Expert, both are 5-5 five and five against each other. So after that, I believe it, it comes down to uh, total win-losses. Mm -hmm. So in this case... Excuse me. Um, it's, it has it's two actually, wins it, up. Right. So that is actually going to be even closer. So like expert. Yeah, it, it's basically comes to, expert not only has to win out and dig has to lose out. 
expert has to like three zero everybody just for the better score. Like they, I don't think they can drop a single map. Uh, no. Because if you win, well, if you win out, you'll get six games. You'll get six wins. Right. If you if Dig loses out, they can get a max four wins, which means they tie. So Dig has to lose one game, and then I don't know how much the losses count. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if it's like wins first, and then they go to losses, or the total differential, or what. Right, that's what I was talking about. The the total wins losses, like Dig is overall twenty eight and twenty, and Expert is twenty six and twenty one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Digs at plus eight and Experts at plus five. Which, if you if you went out and they lose out, you're necessarily at least at plus seven. Yeah. Right. And as far so. as the rest of the rankings in Europe, it looks like playing Ducks and Team Good Guys will most likely be in the Crucible. I think Team Good Guys is definitely in the Crucible. Playing Ducks still has a shot at pulling themselves out of this, but uh, Liquid's at 5 and 6, and Plain Dex is at 3 and 8, so it's going to be a tough road for them. I think they're looking towards being able to at least pick their opponent for the Crucible. Good guys cannot make it out of Crucible. They no. can't get three more wins. Uh, and speaking about other people who can't make themselves out of Crucible, we're going to go over to the NA side of things. Even in death at one and ten, they are they are locked into that crucible spot, so they're gonna have to play for their HTC lives, and it'll be interesting to see how they do there. <laughs> to the surprise have... <laughs> of nobody. Yep. Yeah, Heroes Hearth uh, team is looking pretty strong, so I, I I don't I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if uh, even in death can stave off them. But Heroes Hearth well, next week they get to play Tempo Storm, is apparently free. Uh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Temple yeah, Storm. I don't even know anymore. Yeah, let's talk about these uh, upsets, question mark, of uh, of this week in HEC of Week 8. Uh, Superstar Gaming 3 owed. What, what, what gaming? Space Station Gaming. Space Station. Okay. Space Station Gaming. Yeah. Sorry. You got to spell that out for me. Everyone changes their yeah. name. Space yeah, Station no, Samsung Gaming. Samsung Gaming. Samsung Gaming. As, Space Station Gaming. When you said TGG earlier, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to spell those out next yeah. week. Okay, Space Station <laughs> Gaming. Uh, that was formerly No Tomorrow, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Are you sure? Are you I'm, sure about that? I'm not that? sure. I'm, not I'm positive. Sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they 3 0 GFE. Um, I didn't see these games, but it sounded like they kind of made it look easy. No, it, it was. It was silly. That was a silly game. Like, I I don't want to say GFE got clowned, but they got clowned. <laughs> like, none of the games were close, in my opinion. That I, that I remember from that set, there was one where, some, uh, like, it got reversed. Like, mm -hmm. there was an attempted core, and they defended with like two percent left. I might be thinking it. You. No, you're thinking of oh. uh, what's it called? Alex wasn't casting either, so right. <laughs> but so, uh, so I I I don't know what's going on with Gale Force right now. Um, 
everybody has bad weeks. They didn't have a good week. They um, had a really bad week. Yeah. They, they at pretty much one of the most important times for them to solidify their spot, they, they didn't get it done. That's really all there is to it. I mean, I, I can't say I'm not going to bury Gale Force because they've been fairly consistent pretty much since the start of HGC. Uh, they've had little dips here and there, but for the most part, they've been consistently at the top, and I I, the, I have a hard time like like burying them yet. Yeah, know? I the, feel like every time I I thought they were losing a step, they come back and just blow out roll twenty or or freedom or something in an important game, and then yeah, the problem though was just that that series with freedom was so awkward. I want to say and. The, Okay, I want I want to be fair. We we dragged Freedom pretty hard for their core throw on yeah. uh, uh, during Western Clash. We got dragged GFE for that core throw. That was just yeah. I I don't know if that was necessarily <laughs> the wrong call, but like they it just the their execution call. was just bad. Yeah, they took a lot of fights. They didn't need to take that entire series. Like. The, the game on, I believe it was Battlefield, or maybe it was Infernal Shrines, or, or Cristallo, rather. I, I can't remember which one, but they just took this really awkward fight for no reason. Uh, down, like, 3 v, 3v4, they, like, started this weird initiation. I don't know. And then, they, they had a couple moments that were just really, like, rookie kind of Yeah, and the, the thing that really hurts them the most about losing that series is now Team Freedom is 2-0 heads up against GFE and if they end up tied which is kind of likely they're they're going to lose that tiebreaker and end up in the playoffs yeah um i mean they have to rely on freedom losing games and them winning and GFE winning out to get that guaranteed spot for BlizzCon and not have to play for it well to be fair that's not a bad bet to make it, it is freedom's freedom. freedom's 8 and 3 Freedom's only difficult, like, Freedom's Freedom. hardest game left is Tempo, and Tempo's, like, slumping hard. Freedom remembers that their team Freedom at the worst moments. Yeah, but they made it to Western Clash. At, okay, what did they do at Western Clash? What did, nobody, none of the NA teams did anything at Western Clash. Exactly! That's right? As far as being an NA team, <laughs> team Freedom's not bad. They're pretty good. Never get those, you'll never drag those words out of my mouth at any point. Or Especially not into the microphone, apparently. Anyways, <laughs> I, I feel like this is pretty much the most wide open NA's been at the most important time in a while. Um, I can't lock into any one of these teams. I Would it really be surprising if Tempo went one out and somehow ended up second? No, because no. it's happened before. It mm. happened at, uh, before the end of last uh, brawl, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it did. So, I mean, like, I I can share Willie's sentiment not trusting Team Freedom to hold that spot. Um, but I I mean, they look they they looked more focused than Gale Force did. That's for sure. They looked like they wanted it a lot more, and uh, they're playing like a team that that should keep it. But the NA is so bipolar. I, yeah. I can't sit here and comfortably tell you any of the one of these teams definitely <laughs> yeah exactly and the only the only well, NA team is the only one that looks decent in it for an na team 
Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Roll20 is the only NA team that's not playing like an NA team. And on I mean, this they're still emo- playing like an NA team. Well, they're not putting us through this emotional roller coaster of, yo, they look really strong this week, and apparently they have. Even, even in death, took a game off them. Shut up. I will always argue that one game means nothing. I don't even know what to say to that, Jimmy. <laughs> like, of all the teams they dropped their streak to, let's drop one against even in death. Like, Carl's right. I, one like, game I, I'm not a Roll20 fan at all, but one game doesn't mean anything. Top teams drop games to bad teams all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're definitely not wrong on that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like my point was, like, Roll20 is not putting us through this emotional roller coaster of questioning what's going on internally with the team they can they come back from you know the western clash break just firing on all cylinders like every single game they've played has just looked clean mm-hmm. you know i agree there, there's been no question of you know are these guys on the same page or anything you know could they just be you know writing the back of you know one person no like the whole team looks strong right now and like maybe they're they're na's great hope for relevance again look they've been fun to watch since the 2-8 debacle and i'm glad that they've had all of this progress and and they've maintained themselves as a team and continued to grow mm-hmm. uh, i i think they're just as bipolar as any other na team though they're capable of looking like absolute trash <laughs> on any given weekend and you just don't really see that from the from fanatic you know, you know? like mm-hmm. the, if you if that's the team if that's the bar then na and pretty much a lot of other teams are nowhere close so i don't but know what fanatic's, fanatic's, fanatic's like best in the world though like i know Fanatic's fantastic yeah they're, that's what i'm saying though they're the bar and like if you want, if you want it to be interesting, someone's got to start getting close to this bar because mm-hmm. uh, Fanatic's been running mm-hmm. away with it. And Dig, they play them tough in these in these uh, tournaments usually. But uh. yeah, yeah, no, I agree. But uh, really quickly at the bottom, we kind of talked about this in the EU, but in the NA, interestingly enough, Lag Force, Formula Inventic, and Superstars are still in contention for that last uh, Crucible spot in. Depending on how it plays out, Lagforce could finally not have to play Crucible this time around. But uh, I don't even know who they play next. I'm going to look that up really quickly and see uh, see what their schedule so is. So in week nine... Uh, oh, they play GFE. Superstars plays Space Station. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lagforce plays GFE. Likely both will lose. Uh, um, I- and then... Yeah, oh, I just had a quick question about the Crucible. Does teams does the team in seventh place team play the team in first place or the team in second place? They okay. choose who they play. Oh, seven gets the choice before. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Darn. And then uh, Superstars plays GFE week ten, which should in theory they, in theory Superstars should lose, but GFE assuming GFE doesn't continue to choke. And then and Lag Force. Lag Force plays even in death, which in theory they should win. In the, in the toddler slap box. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be the ultimate I've already turned the stream <laughs> off matchup. But it uh, for might th- actually be really important. Yeah, oh, yeah that's, that's an interesting thing. If, if Lag Force can be playing their way out of a Crucible spot, 
and Superstars falls in, yeah, that could actually be pretty entertaining. Mm. Uh, but it, as far as entertaining games this week, we picked out a game for you from EU and a game from NA that you should be watching because of how important they are. But uh, Tricked vs. Expert is going to be happening Friday, September 15th at 9 a.m. Pacific. Go back and listen a few minutes ago to understand how important this match is for yeah, both teams. Yeah, they're basically right next to each other. It's the the, the division uh, one through five is very volatile. It's going to be an important matchup to tune into if you're concerned about uh, where EU is going to end up. Um, we didn't say this in notes, but why don't we pick who's going to win the series? I'm going to go three two expert. Yeah, I'm, I'm on that expert train. I I never trust Trick, but I mean Trick's been pretty good lately. <laughs> uh, PFMG, big expert wins, um, but I really haven't watched EU this season, so I'm not the best expert. Zex, uh, uh, you're not an expert expert. Uh, I got it for you, Jim. Got Don't it. Worry. Okay, thanks. Uh, I'm sorry, Bad Benny. I got to go Trick three two. Oh, there we go. Tri- I don't. I don't Tricked is writing a lot of momentum right now. Tricked is on a two-game, two-match loss streak. There's still not. Okay, everybody in <laughs> EU is on a loss streak except for. Hold on, <laughs> Mr. Smart. I can read numbers. Engineer. I'm just staring guy. at the standing sheet, and you're like, Tricked is on a hot streak, and I'm looking at this big fat I minus say... two. I didn't say, uh, oh, say a hot streak. I said they they were riding a lot of momentum. They still have key wins over some, you know, teams that were considered to be better than them, and they've had a couple of close series, mm. which against teams that should have just blown them up. Trick shouldn't be riding a two game winning stri- or a two game losing streak either. They beat Liquid on Friday. Yeah. They beat Liquid three one. Blizzard, fix fix your thing. Yeah, yeah. Wait. Now, now. And I know, no, I know. The last time they lost was to Fnatic, and I think there are other losses to Fnatic, and then they have our one random loss, I think, to Expert earlier on. Uh they lost I to Zealots those... three two. Oh, they lost to Zealots. Okay, I forgot about that one. But and then two losses to Fnatic, I believe. And yeah, lost la- to Dig. Yeah, la- yeah. Last oh, Fnatic. What beat Liquid, and that was their only game that week. Okay. So, yeah, no, there is no losing skid. Get up. Well, to be fair, Blizzard's website is not staring at Blizzard's own, like, data, but apparently Blizzard's data was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so, as far as NA, we have Gale Force versus Roll20 Sunday, September 17th at 2 o'clock Pacific. I mean, do we really need to explain why this is an important match? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because if if Gale Force loses, they they pretty much permanently fall out of first place in NA. Yes. Like mm-hmm. Roll Twenty's not gonna drop a game the rest of this this season. And if it does, it it'll be really, really weird and it'll really shake my faith in their ability to move on to BlizzCon. Yeah. Uh, and they but, have to they have to keep pace with Freedom because Freedom's playing even in death and that's a yeah. uh, pretty much guaranteed win, unfortunately for them. But yeah, if, if roll 20 wins this, they lock up first place. 
pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Barring some, like, they all get in a plane and it, you know, crashes into the ocean type shit. Jesus system. Christ. <laughs> Holy but crap, that took a dark the, turn. Can't you say the same thing about Gale Force, though? Well, no. if Gale, uh, no, because if Gale Force <laughs> wins and Team Freedom wins, NA, first place in NA becomes a giant mess. It'll be a three-way tie. Yeah, and then I believe it goes based on uh, match records and then total win losses. And but in that case, roll twenty would still lead them all, having played the least amount of games, thirty-one and twelve. But you never want to go to tiebreakers. You want to you you want to mm-hmm. lock it away so you can focus, you know, on your your next opponent and then get not have to worry about a playoff. What you so you can. Gun? Yeah, punch your ticket to BlizzCon, start your boot camp as quickly as possible so you can be ready for it. That's I'm fair. Done. I'm, yeah. I'm done talking. No, that's that's fair. I don't I don't have anything to add to that, just watch the series. Yeah, watch the series. If you like HGC, this is everything you want. Yep, it's absolutely. two teams playing for everything. Elena just mentioned that the uh, 2% core game was uh, GFE versus Freedom. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, because I remember because they cut to Cure after the, the cast, and he was reviewing that play. Yeah. So, and he did a, he would, actually did a really good job of, like, breaking down that play. It was pretty enlightening to watch. Yeah, it was really interesting because the... Muradin, uh, played by Keegan Caffeine, uh, he got cocooned, and the only thing that could prevent him from actually, like, not killing the core, because uh, it was at 2%, was uh, the Horrify, and that that came off cooldown, like, maybe two or three seconds before it. Well, they had they they had the Anubarak stuns, and they had um, ETC slide. Um, mm-hmm. So they ended up, stat like, they purposely dropped the Horrify and the Anubarak stun at the same time, and then ETC did his slide afterwards, and they just chained him to death. Mm-hmm. Like, like he explained like how it went down in comms and everything like that, and like it was, it was really good to listen to. Like, it really opened up my eyes on like that kind of late game panic mode decision making goes down yeah like if you only have a few minutes uh to watch of hgc this week like i would go review that that end of that match i think it was the third match it was on cursed hollow i want to say i can't remember exactly yeah i think it was cursed hollow that sounds right okay but yeah, that's our uh, weekend review of HCC. Uh, we talked about the tier list from McIntyre as well. But uh, unless anyone has any closing thoughts, I think uh, we're going to wrap up episode 117 of the Heroes Power Hour. Make sure to check us out. Patreon.com slash Heroes Power helps support the show and all the costs associated with running this show uh, with all the different hosts and software issues that do come up does help towards fixing those things as needed. Um, make sure to check us out on iTunes and Google Play. Five star reviews help us out a bunch. And uh-huh. Zex, what are you up? What's up? Okay, hold on. Um, Elena just also dropped this in chat that Blizzard. Uh, there was a certain incident with a certain Zealots player this weekend, 
And apparently Blizzard reviewed that thread and gave that particular Zealots player a seven-day ban. Um, no HGC for him this weekend, and Zealots has to play a sub. What What happened? I don't. I oh, have you, no idea. Okay, uh, so he was told me in. He was basically being toxic, and then he trolled and uh, danced while his team was team fighting. Yeah, and then burned all. And it was on Mune. It was on Munepair's stream. Yeah. Oh right. wow. Okay. Yeah, it, like it was. I think Mune was queuing an EU. Yeah, he, he yeah, does he, that. He was. But yeah, it was above and beyond the call of like, you know, typical flaming. Like, there was a team fight they could have won, and he just stood there. Like, that's so. really bad. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know about that. Thanks for pointing that out, Alina. That's uh, and I'm also glad to see Blizzard swiftly, uh, dropping down the hammer. Well met. <laughs> okay so sorry yeah. sorry Jamie. no no that's good that was a good story to, to throw in there but uh is uh throughout the week check out bluespro.com to hear the newest episodes and stay up to date on all the current blizzard news youtube.com slash blizzpro for all the uh video episodes past episodes go uh if you want to see the archives check out that illidan episode with twiz it's really good wow also check us out on discord discord.blissbro.com and all the other great shows uh west march workshop for diablo 3 payload podcast for overwatch well met for stone and arcane analysis for world of warcraft um i'm gonna tease you guys for a little bit but make sure to check out here's the storm.blissbro.com on friday just just do that why just because i told you to just because you told me. Do we have a time Friday or just on Friday? Is that 11.30 Mid, p.m.? Midday. Midday. Midday? Even okay. day. I wasn't sure if you were middaying us or midnighting us. Midday. You had your midnight voice. So. I, I, yeah, I, I, I did. It was, it was kind of making me tired there for now. Like, <laughs> buddy, you're putting me to sleep with your, your, with your bedroom voice. There we go. Your special announcement, heroesofthestorm.blizzpro.com. Friday. There you go. Uh, Balrog fan, where can people find you and what are you up to this week? Uh, find me on Twitter at that beautiful link below for audio listeners. It's Balrog fan BP. Uh, we've been doing our thing with Nexus commentaries, trying to do the chair league stuff. I'm sure Willie will talk about it, so I won't get too into the details. Just know that I'm trying to learn how to cast, and it's kind of fun to see me screw stuff up and do stuff right. So <laughs> maybe come check us out. You might have some fun. Why not? There you go. That's Zarxus, all I got. How about you? Uh, yeah, you can check us out this Thursday night. Uh, I believe 8 p.m. is our first game uh, during, for the Chair League playoffs at twitch.tv slash nexus commentaries. Um, you can check our Twitter out that posts VODs of every game we cast at nexus comms hots. God, that is so difficult to say. I should have really just picked a better Twitter handle. It uh, sounds like you can, you can you can change Twitter handles. I know I can change it, but I can't change the overlays. Okay. Uh, P5G, how about you? This week, I'm designing a butler matrix. Hmm. You okay. have to. I'm, I'm, we don't, I'm not an engineer, man. I mean, it, 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 it takes eight signals in, it puts eight signals out. 
Can't explain what that. Like what's dollar bills? Signal. Signal. Okay. You said I heard. Si okay. I, so I'm not crazy. That I heard singles. I heard singles too. I was like, wait, is he building a stripping robot? Because I'm. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, anyways, as for myself, at TJ Tart on Twitter and Twitch. This has been episode 117 of Heroes Power. We will see you next week in Nexus. Stay tight.